Experimentation. While the whole think beautiful thing was going on, I started to explore other ideas. It was like as I transitioned out of winter, something switched on and all of a sudden I was inundated with ideas. I'd always thought I'd like to run a retreat, but that it felt a little overwhelming. I wasn't quite ready to take on planning a week somewhere exotic, like Bali. I didn't quite believe I could transform people's lives. I came back to that idea of MVP, minimum viable product. If I'm not in the headspace to be able to run a retreat, maybe I could start with something smaller. The date was 11-11-11 and I decided to test out an idea. I'd run a vision board workshop, invite a friend or two over, create a cool playlist, maybe do a little guided meditation and facilitate the creation of a vision board. They loved it. I loved it. And rather than let fear kicked in, I booked a venue and locked down a date for my first ever paid workshop. I got to work, created a workbook about figuring out your values and identifying limiting beliefs, had it printed and bound, collected all the old magazines I could, brought a stack of scissors and glue sticks and set to work spreading the word. That's not really MVPing it up, right? That's totally Carly-style MVP. The first workshop had a great turnout. Almost 20 people came along. I was nervous as fuck and it didn't quite go as well as I'd planned in my head, but I had lots of ideas to make it better next time. I'd dump the workbooks and focus on the vision side of things. Going through the course content I'd created kind of distracted from the fun stuff, and I felt really nervous delivering that content, but really good doing the rest of it. Instead, I decided to mix it up next time and try sitting down with each participant for a few minutes to talk about their vision boards and see if there was anything I could help them move through. That worked heaps better. It built better rapport and I could really give them individualised advice and attention. On the back of the first workshop success, I booked a couple in Melbourne and around the mid-north coast. I was then invited to take 200 girls through the process at an International Women's Day event in Port Macquarie. That was an interesting day, to say the least. My previous experience with teenage girls had left me rather nervous. I'd been asked, perhaps six months earlier, to help facilitate a workshop for some local high school students on being smart with money. This was at the height of my anxiety, and I was still at that point where if anyone asked me how I was, even the checkout chick at the supermarket, I could feel my throat restrict and my eyes start to well up with tears. So saying yes to facilitating a workshop full of smart-ass teens probably wasn't the smartest move. Not to mention, the topic was money? And hello, $14,000 tax bill. And of course, as some kind of twisted punishment for being a smart-ass teen myself, on arrival, I was allocated the most disruptive table of them all. Not only that, but at the time I was avoiding the tax office again. I'd been surprised with a $16,000 tax bill and was feeling very anxious about money. Talking about being smart with money kind of made me feel like a huge fucking fraud. At one point during the day, the facilitators had to share a story about what we wished we'd known about money when we were their age. I could feel my heart rate get faster and faster as each facilitator stood up to tell their story. With each person, I knew it was getting closer and closer and closer to me. My armpits started to sweat. My stomach started to tighten. One by one, getting closer and closer to my turn. The anticipation was palpable. Finally, it came to me. I stood up and started to share. I felt the blood run to my face. 
My hands were shaking. Damn it, my hands weren't the only thing that was shaking. So too was my voice. It was cracking. I could feel the tears. They were coming and I wasn't confident I'd be able to stop them. I blurted out, I wish I'd never taken out an interest-free loan and then not made regular payments. I sat down. I could feel all the eyes of the room on me. Everyone wondering what the fuck I was talking about. They all thought I was a dickhead. I knew it. Not because of what I'd said, it was valid, but because of the way I said it. Because of my red face and my shaky hands and my cracking voice and the tears that were just one swallow away from pouring uncontrollably from my eyes. I sat down. The girl next to me, the most disruptive of them all, said very condescendingly, Are you about to cry? No, of course not, I replied defensively. I knew there was no stopping the tears now, so I got up and went to the bathroom to cry in peace. Looking back, that would likely be enough to stop many from ever putting themselves in that position again. Not me. Just six short months later, here I was again. This time, not just a table of eight to ten girls, but round-robin back-to-back style workshops with over 200 teenage girls over eight hours. Fair to say the nerves as I arrived were next level. I was prepared. Well, as prepared as one can be when working with teens. I'd written everything out, as in everything. Every word I was going to say was scripted and practiced and rehearsed. My first workshop was a flop. Girls getting up and leaving midway through. They came and went as they pleased. I followed the script and it was falling flat. But there was a glimmer of hope. One girl in the group was really into it. She was asking me questions. Very engaged. She pointed to my own vision board and asked me about it. So I dropped the script, picked up my vision board and started telling them about it, why I loved vision boarding, what some of the images represented and what had come into my life since creating the vision board. Something strange started to happen. A few more girls' ears pricked up. More questions. More enthusiasm. They wanted more. Silence Why they sat and cut and pasted and listened. Some of the stray kids who had disappeared to go grab another biscuit or do anything but listen to me started to drip back in. The buzzer went off. They sighed, as in like a sad sigh that it was over, and they left with their mini vision boards. I had a quick five-minute break to get ready for the next group. I took my script, scrunched it into a ball, and threw it in the bin. All they really wanted was hope. They wanted to believe life could be more than what it was in that moment. They wanted permission to dream. The rest of the day was a huge success and I left feeling happy and confident. I continued to deliver my workshops, but then self-doubt started to kick in. I started to take the initial success for granted and I'd be suddenly disappointed if less than 20 people signed up. My self-loathing script kicked in. No one really gives a shit. It's only friends and family coming. They feel sorry for you. I ran one in Melbourne and had around 16 people come along, some family, mostly friends, one person who I'd never met before, and some people from my past. I enjoyed the workshop, but I was a little bitter about the turnout. I mean, I'd flown all the way from Nambucca to run it, and only 16 people showed up? It hardly seemed worth my time. I covered my costs, and not quite my flights. I started to wonder if it was worth it. I mean, sure, I had a good time doing them, but there were so many nerves leading into it, I decided it probably wasn't and I put it on the back burner. Now, I just want to say 16 was an amazing turnout. Self-sabotage is a funny thing. 
I've struggled with not seeing things through until the end or wanting it to be more, more, more. I've labelled myself as mediocre. I've felt resentment and anger and disappointment and I've nine times out of ten given up too soon. I've felt a sense of entitlement and unwillingness to do the work and from here on in you'll hear plenty of stories of things I've dipped my toe into only to walk away when shit got hard or when I haven't reached dizzying heights overnight. But you know what? That's okay. It's okay to walk away from things if they aren't bringing you joy. And you could argue that I took the joy out of these things and that's why they no longer brought me joy and you'd be partly right. However, I've said it before and I'll say it again. These days, I'm a big believer in what is for you won't go by you. Maybe me walking away was exactly what I was supposed to do. After all, it was walking away from things that brought me to write this book. And if you're listening to it right now, that's a good thing. It was worth it.